Welcome to Blue Talks. If life for you ain't been no crystal stair, and if it's had splinters and boards torn up and carpet with places with no carpet on the floor bare, <laughs> but if through it all you kept pushing on and you kept reaching landings and turning corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light, I want you to know something. <laughs> you can't turn back now. You can't sit down on the steps because you find it's getting kind of hard. And you definitely, you definitely can't quit now. Because you gotta keep going for you. You gotta keep climbing for you. Because life for you may not have been a crystal stair, but it has made you into this phenomenal, courageous, and unconquerable human being that has the power to change it. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Eric Collier. I am, I won't say an expert, but I believe that each and every one of us is living one of two lives. One, that dream life. Two, the life we settle for. And so I believe that what stops us from living in one and, and keeps us living in the other is the mental quicksand that we face, that we go through with life. And what I mean by mental quicksand, I'm talking about that moment when that major setback hip happens and you don't know what to do and it looks like you're not gonna find your way out. And maybe it's something that you wanna do, it's a life-changing decision and you can't seem to find the actions or excuse me, can't take the momentum, excuse me, to, to take those actions that you need, right? The decision-making process is delayed and so you never do it. That moment, that, Mental quicksand is what I'm talking about. I say that because I know I've lived in that for many years. And it's funny because I've always been somebody who hates to lose. I hate losing. I've hated losing since I started playing sports at six years old and the baseball team I played on lost every game. I've hated it. But at some point in my life, I found that I was no longer trying to succeed. I was just living on this level of life where I was getting up every morning, I was going to work, I wasn't happy, I wasn't getting paid what I wanted to get paid. And what I found out was that I was on this hamster wheel going nowhere, putting a lot of activity into things that wasn't helping me progress, wasn't helping me move forward. So what I did was I had to make a change. I live by this mantra now, it's called a I just keep pushing because nobody's gonna do it for me. And that is big for me. And pushing is all about moving forward. You see, I don't know where you are in life. I like to get people to ask you, I like to ask you a question. Think about some major goal or dream you'd like to accomplish. And I really want you to lock that in. I really want you to lock that in because it's important. Because I found that I didn't have that at one point in my life. And that's why I was stagnant. And so when you're, not, when you're stagnant, when you're not dreaming, when you don't have anything that you're work, waking up on a daily day basis, working towards accomplishing, 
When you have no mission or purpose in life, to me, I felt like I was stagnant. I was stuck. I was frustrated. My wife and I living paycheck to paycheck. And anybody know a thing about paycheck to paycheck, there are some words you cannot mention. Bank account, check, budget, right? Bills, because that's an argument waiting to happen, right? I also realized at that moment that I was letting some people down. I was letting my children down. As the leader of them, they're following everything that I was doing. And what I realized at that moment was I was not, I was playing small. I was not leading them in a direction that was going to make them successful. I was leading them in a direction that was going to lead them to the life that I was living at that time. So let me take it back for you a little bit. How did I realize that I was stagnant, stuck? I remember the night where we were at my house and a gentleman came by and we were meeting him for the first time. And my friends were around and that's who we always hung around. I'm a military guy. So my military friends were coming around and we'd barbecue, we'd hang out, we'd watch different events. And so on this night, the gentleman was there and he talked to us about his home-based business. And so when he finished, we're talking and we're hemming and hawing and I'm giving him all the excuses of why I didn't want to join. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. It now was not the right time. I wasn't ready. I wasn't a salesman. But he turned to me and he said something that really caught my, <laughs> it really woke me up. He said to me, he said, and I want you to think about these questions. He said, what have you done over the course of the last five years of your life that has gotten you closer to accomplishing your goals or has significantly increased your income? That was easy for me. I was in the military. We have a process of getting promoted. I was on, the way out, on my way out. I had just gotten a job, but I really hadn't done anything at that moment. At that moment. So I just basically stood there, caught by surprise. Nothing. He said, well, if you hadn't done anything the last five years, what are you doing now to change things? That was easy too. Nothing. I was doing nothing. I spent a lot of times, I told you, I played sports when I was young, so I was really addicted to sports. I love sports. And that's where my time was spent, day in, day out. Sports, 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 right? And so the next question he asked me is when it hit me. He said, you haven't done anything the last five years, you're not doing anything now. What do you think your next five, 10, or 15 years are gonna look like? And that's when it hit me. My wife's standing there next to me. My room, actually, my room is full with my friends and family, and the guy's standing there looking at me. And it just hits me. Oh my God, I can't live like this. Ah, oh, another five, 10, 15 years. You got to be kidding me. And so I'm so grateful that I had an open mind. Because I wanted something to change, I didn't know how to do it. Anybody ever feel that way? Right? You want something to change, you didn't know how to do it. Opportunities come your way and you never take them because you just don't feel like it's going to happen for you. But for that moment, I'm so grateful for them turning to him and saying, how do we fix it? And so he told me, the next, he told me to show up at his house the next day. And that's what I did. I called in sick to work. And it's funny, how many of you ever called in sick to work and you had to actually prepare for it? <clears throat> yeah, this is Eric. I'm sick. I'm not going to make it. And you practice for like 5, 10, 15 minutes, right? And that's what I did. It was just crazy, just not the grown-up stuff. But I showed up at his house. And at that moment, walking into his house, you have to understand, I'm from an area where people don't live in $250,000, $350,000 houses that I grew up with. 
right? That was across the water, right? So walking in this house, that was huge for me. But one of the things that he really woke me up with the fact is that I, why I wasn't moving forward, he picked up this book, and I believe it was uh, They Can Grow Rich, and he says, you know why they make these books? And I said, no. He says, they put all the secrets to success in these books, and then they put them in the bookshelf because they know people like you aren't going to buy them. Game changer. I'm reading now <laughs> because of that. I told him, give me the book, and I started reading at that point. And I would read every night at, at home. And so that began a process of developing myself. Another reason why I do that today is because I have three children. I've been married to my wife for 31 years now. Fell in love with her the day she walked into my girlfriend's house. Different story. I'd love to explain. It didn't go down like that, but it's a different story. But, um, and we also have six, six grandchildren. But the reason I do what I do today, because I know that somewhere along the line, the narrative has to be changed. The narrative that I grew up with of going to school, getting a, getting a excuse me, diploma, a degree, a good job, and working 40 years of your life and then retiring to do those things that you want to do just doesn't work, right, in my eyes. Because there's a piece that's missing. And for me, the piece that's missing is waking up to do something that you really and truly love to do. Trust me, I love the job that I do. I worked really hard to get that. As, an, <clears throat> as a Navy guy, I would, I would work 12 hours on the hangar deck as a yellow, yellow shirt. And we would move aircraft 12 hours a day. I would get off. And because I knew that she was at home and I knew that my three children were at home and I had to change things for us, I worked another four or five hours on another job, uh, on, the, on the job training, right, to better myself, to give me an opportunity to get the job that I do now. And that's working as an analyst with the Navy. So I like that. And as my boss says, well, do you really love your job? I'm like, no. What I love is what I do outside of that. I tell you, I work with high school students outside of that. And when I wake up and I know I'm going to the high school, it's a beautiful day. I love it. I love that. It's just, man, it's awesome. And when I wake up and I know I'm coming to an event like this, it's beautiful as well because I'm on a mission to help people free themselves from the mental quicksand that holds them back so that they can live life at a higher level. And I think that's very important. So if you could do me a favor, please, turn to the person on your left and right and tell her, I need you to push on. Push on. That's what I live by. I just keep pushing because nobody's going to do it for me. My mom, uh, <laughs> my mom and dad divorced at four, and uh, when I was four, not them, when I was four. But um, one of the things, I, I talk a lot with momisms because I was that child. I'm the middle child of three, and if anything was going to happen, it was me. Case in point, the day the fireworks went off in my house and my mom was sleeping after working an all-night job, she knew exactly who it was. I told her it was the neighbors who threw the firecracker over and I was just trying to put it out, but she didn't believe that. But that was me. If I was going to, if there's somebody who jumped off the roof, it was me. I was that kid. So my mom had these momisms she worked with me with, and one of them was, Eric, I don't care how hard life gets. So you have to do what you have to do, right? She said to do what you have to do because nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody's going to give you anything. Life is hard. You have to do it. And so that's what I believe in. 
So pushing on for me is getting up and making sure I'm moving forward, no matter what level of success I have. Think about this, we have so many different levels of success. When I got approved to be an analyst, I was so happy, I was so excited, and I was there, right? I was at this top, uh, top of the mountain. What I didn't realize, I was actually at the bottom of another mountain that I needed to climb, and that represented this growth that I needed to happen for me. And I now believe I'm under construction for the rest of life, and it's all a part of pushing on because I know that the best, best of me is yet to come. And so when I'm talking about pushing on and then you get stuck in that mental quicksand, think about this. How many times have you spiraled down into this scenario of, I can't do that. They'll never listen to me. It'll never happen to me. I can't, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good, en I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. I didn't come from a rich background, blah, blah, blah. And you just spiral down this staircase, right? Or this Alice in Wonderland hole where you're no longer moving forward. That's what that happens, that's what happens to us. And it's happened to me on many occasions. I'll tell you how bad it is. When I started working on myself and 2004, I'm sitting in the office and I'm talking to a buddy of mine. I'm telling him, I want to be a motivational speaker. I had gotten a chance to meet Les Brown. I read his books and I'm like, I want to be a motivational speaker to help change lives just like that. He made me feel so great when he says, you have greatness in you. I'm like, whoa. But trust me, the first time I heard it, I wanted to grab my wallet because I felt like he was going to take, take my money. He was tricking me, right? Because you're not used to hearing that. Nobody you grew up with is telling you you have greatness with. If there is, it's really small amount of, a number of people. And then there are those times when they say, you have greatness in you. What do you want to do? I want to do this. Ah, but do you know where you come from? Ah, do you know the level of risk that's involved with that, right? The odds of succeeding. So this one, Les Brown told me I had greatness in me. He didn't follow that up with anything other than I got to do what I got to do, right? And so I told him in 2004, that's what I wanted to do. And I began to go through that spiral staircase, right? That spiral hole. And he told me, he said, look, man, eventually you have to do it. And I agree with him, but I didn't do it, right? So time flies by. 2009, I actually have Les Brown on the phone. I got Les Brown on the phone, the man I want to teach me how to speak, right? And he says, hey, you have a great voice. Maybe I can teach you how to speak. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, you can't. No, nah, not me. No, sir. Not, not for me. Thank you. Goodbye. Think about that. Wow. And when I realized, what do you think the first thing I said? You big dummy. <laughs> I went to that negative world and I felt like that, that cartoon character that has the jackass face that comes up on your head. That was me. I felt like that. I was kicking myself in the butt for days. And I wouldn't get a chance to work with Les Brown until the uh, 2020 time frame, but I'm so grateful for it because I've had to work through some things like everybody else, right? I'm nothing special. Everybody goes through something. I just say that my mindset is the reason I'm not a statistic today, right? When you look at statistics and you look at a young male growing up in the household of a single African-American mom who is working her butt off. She's cleaning houses and she's working nights at the railroad station. She's doing all of these things, never home. The odds of that is slim to none for success. Statistics, statistics actually say I would probably be standing at home right now with a lot of my friends on the corner, hanging out on the patio, doing whatever and doing nothing in life. So pausing to think about what you're doing in your life, right? I'm Big fan of football, 
game film. You look at the game film. Like I would do all the time. I look at the game film to see how I'm performing, to see how I'm thinking, how am I operating? What are my opponents doing? Mainly me, right? That opponent right here, that mental, mental mindset that tells you you can't do things, that stops you from doing things. What is he doing to beat myself, right? And so that is a very important to do. Something else, unlock the mind. Man, when you unlock the limits that you have on yourself, I think back to all the limits I put on myself. You're not a writer. You're not a speaker. You're not a good math guy. You're not good in school, right? I wasn't good in school because I was putting the limitations on myself. I was making up excuses for not putting in the performance, right? And so I was holding myself back. Self-sabotage. Anybody ever experienced self-sabotage? I can tell you right now, it's different world that I live in now where I can sit and I can talk to people and I can actually see them tearing themselves down, right? They'll have a level of success or they get an opportunity, opportunity to make more money than they've had in their lifetime. I know a young lady who's moved from the West Coast to the East Coast and she had an opportunity to make $8 more than what she ever had before in her life. And she broke that job down and decided she was gonna take a job less than that simply because she didn't believe she could make that. And that's with everybody, no matter what level of, of, of success you're in, right? No matter what background we come from, there's an opportunity that which we're faced with, and because of our mind, we, we bring ourselves back down to what we believe we should have. So you gotta unlock that mindset, the positivity. Man, I was around so many positive people when I decided that I was gonna start working on myself. It felt weird. It felt so weird. Oh my goodness. Like, Wow, hey, they're really happy. Really, you want to help me? Come on, nah, nobody wants to do that. And you don't want anything in return? Man, think about that, right? And so living in a positive mindset, it's not believing that it's always chocolate cake, because I like chocolate cake. It's not always chocolate cake, right? It's always peaches and cream. Stuff happens. That's why they make the bumper sticker, right? Stuff happens. But it's when things happen, how are you looking at it? Right? Are you looking at it with a mindset of, it's not going to work out, I'm always going to fail? Right? What is it Winston Churchill says, the difference between greatness and mediocrity? Greatness sees the opportunity in every problem, and mediocrity sees a problem in every opportunity. Which one are you? That's very important to look at. Show up. So many of us waking up every day, we're showing up for our job, we're showing up for our friends, we're showing up for everybody but ourselves. Right? It is huge to show up for yourself. Trust me, there's a sense. I'm getting a tingle right now my shoulders right now. It's just, there's a, there's a ah, I can't even explain it. That's what is the power that you have when you show up for yourself. And I, I, I'm not putting that on. I'm telling you, there's the chill that you have when you show up for yourself because you know I'm the only one that's going to do it for me, right? I don't care if I talk to Corey on a daily basis. I don't care if I talk to Les Brown on a daily basis. I don't care if I talk to Tony Robbins on a daily basis. When my alarm clock goes off and I set my foot on the ground, ain't nobody going to do it but me, right? Ain't nobody going to do it for me. I'm the only one that shows up in the gym at 2.30 in the morning that's going to work out, right? I'm the only one that shows up in my office at 2.30 in the morning that's going to put the work in that I got to do. And I'm the only one that's going to be in my office at 9, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, however long that stay to do what I got to do after I've worked my... 12 hours of jobs. So that's it. You're going to show up for yourself or somebody else is just going to be looking next, sitting next to you wondering, why did you let me down? And in that case, it's my baby. It's my three kids. It's my grandkids. 
when they're looking at me and saying, hey, man, you told me when you asked me to marry you, and I can't look at you, but I, <laughs> I know she's thinking it. At, at, at 30 years old, she's like, you asked me to marry you. You told me you were going to take care of me. You brought these, you helped bring these three children into this world, and now you're playing small? That's when I had to step up, and that's why you got to show up for yourself. You got to be your own hero, right? I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite poems, Invictus. I love the way it finishes, right? I am the master of my soul, the master of my fate, the captain of my soul, right? I love that because, and I'm so glad I'm in New York because I think about it all the time. I'm standing on the tallest building and I'm saying that last line, I'm the captain of my soul. And I'm looking out over the city and I'm thinking, who else wants some? Who else wants some of this, right? Because I know I got so much more in me and there was a time when I didn't feel like I had anything in me to give because my opportunity to play Major League Baseball was gone. I only thought I had athletics to give, but I found out there's something more that I got that I was put on this earth to give. And then being my own hero, I found my power to be able to help others. And so being your own hero, understanding that you've got to show up for yourself and take charge every day. Pushing on, man. I am obsessed with finding more to do to help people. That is my obsession. I want to find a way to help anybody come out of that shell that they find themselves. And I get it. I'm not here for everybody, right? So I look at myself as a farmer. And what I mean by farmer is because I know I'm not here for everybody. I know that not everybody wants to change. I know that not everybody wants to hear from me and not everybody's ready to put the work in. I know that my job is to just plant the seed. I plant the seed and I continue to talk to you about it helping you as you move along because somewhere down the line, you're going to run into somebody that you're going to connect with. Somebody that's going to help you click with the fact that you've got to move on, that you've got to push on to save yourself, to be able to help others. So in that, I'll never quit. And I want you to never quit. Never quit. Never give up on yourself because when you quit and you sit down on those steps, man, that stagnant life. You think about stagnant water, what happens to it? It gets stag, it gets stinky, correct? It stinky, it doesn't move. That's why everybody loves the ocean. It's got all that energy, right? The ocean has all of that energy. We're sitting out in the ocean uh, a couple months ago, and that's what I told my wife. I said, I love the ocean because it has so much energy. And that stagnant water reminds me of so much of not moving forward, not changing things for yourself, right? And so if you sit in it long enough, that stinky smell, you don't even notice it. But it's all around you. Right? But you've got to come out of that because you were put on this earth with God-given talents to be able to change your life. So I want to encourage you as you go through life, as you find yourself facing those challenging situations where you're asking questions of what should I do with my life? Where should I go? If you're asking questions of should I take that next step to move forward, push on. Because, yes, you should take that step. Because in that next step are the obstacles and hurdles that are really opportunities for you to take your life to that next level. So I encourage you, each day you wake up, say that to yourself, push on, push on, because that is gonna take you to the next level of your life and it's gonna open up some doors from you, put you, in the, put you in the room with great people like this. Not only that, it's gonna help some people that you didn't even realize. I'll finish it with this. I love a quote by Dr. Martin Luther King when he's talking in Memphis and he says, I know we're going to get to the mountaintop, but I may not get there with you. That's what this is all about, because 
My job is to start it. Somebody else is going to finish it. I know this, but I got to start it. And connecting with people here in New York, connecting with people in California, across the water, I know somebody's going to start it eventually. And you do too. Take care. is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.